Hi, I'm Jay. And I'm Rahaf. And this is Banterville, where we get together from our self-isolation pods and enjoy our self-isolation brewed coffee. And we hope you're doing the same for some much needed conversation. We're going to talk about all sorts of things, but since the topic on everyone's mind is coronavirus, we were thinking about talking about certain elements of it that we don't think are getting enough attention, but that are also a little bit bizarre and weird. To wit, our first episode, we're going to dive into the fascinating, terrifying, outright unbelievable world of corona conspiracy theories. Yeah, it, it seems like people are looking to latch on to somebody. Maybe they just want somebody to blame for all of this craziness. They don't want to just accept that this is some virus that crossed over the species boundary from a bat or whatever it was. And so they're looking for somebody who can pin the responsibility on whether that somebody is Bill Gates or a virus lab in Wuhan or the government. So we're going to explore some of those theories today. First up, before we get into the theories, I just think for people who haven't spent the last couple of days deep diving into the weirdest parts of the internet to bring you this content, I think just taking a couple of seconds and setting the context on like the the groundwork, the framework on which all of these conspiracy theories are built could be kind of interesting because what I noticed in my deep dive is that there are a couple of like OG conspiracies, right? Like the one world or one world government conspiracy, the deep state conspiracy. There's a bunch of like, like tried and true conspiracies that have been around forever. So the conspiracy that there are a couple, you know, the the Illuminati or or a, a core secret uh, group group of world elites are actually in control of everything, that democracy is, is an illusion. There is a whole conspiracy around uh, governments using 5G technologies to mind control people, et cetera, et cetera. And what's interesting about this conversation is how easily coronavirus as a pandemic has fit into this narrative. So I just wanted to make that point because these conspiracies aren't existing in a vacuum. They're actually being layered on to other conspiracies that have been around for years. Um, did you want to go first? What did, what did you find? Well, I, I think if we're talking about OG conspiracy theories, you can go all the way back to the Bible because the <laughs> pandemic was you know, one of the plagues that was going to be cast on us. And we've had a bunch of the other ones pop up at the same time, right? Locusts. I mean, where did locusts come from and why at the same time as the plague? And so there are quite a lot of doomsday conspiracy theories going around that this is actually one of the signs of the end of the world, the apocalypse, uh, the pandemic coming as one of them. And there are actually a couple of books floating around. Uh, Sylvia Brown wrote one of them called End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies about the End of the World. And in that book, she predicted, if you want to sort of believe in the prediction, that this was coming and that this was going to be the thing that would kill all of us. Uh, Dean Koontz also wrote a book about, I think, 30 or 40 years ago, in which he talked about a virus coming out of Wuhan that would be deadly. Now, in that case, that virus was actually manufactured. It was an engineered virus that uh, that was unleashed on the world. But there are lots of books that have been calling this out. But that, I think there's that, that that Dean Koontz book that wasn't true. That was like they that that was a fake. That was a fake piece of news. The actual one wasn't actually called Wuhan. It was called something else. Somebody just took that page and like... Photoshopped the 
photoshopped it. Right. Also, just total random side note about Sylvia Brown. So Sylvia Brown once claimed that she had actually been to heaven and that one of the things that she felt was important enough to bring to tell us was that in heaven, there are no mosquitoes. Now, I just don't know. I just wanted to share that with you as a part of your spiritual journey. I don't know what it means or what it happened, but in heaven, there are no mosquitoes. And I just It thought, sounds wonderful. Really, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I would hope there are no mosquitoes in heaven, really. I wonder, though, if that means that there's a heaven for mosquitoes. Right. So I, I wonder if there's a heaven for mosquitoes that's just filled with humans who don't slap you and are... I think that's hell. I think what we're saying here, since we started with the Bible and we're right into religious theory, is we're basically making a species call that all mosquitoes go to hell. But all dogs go to heaven. All, all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. All make sense. Yes. So I think the flip side of this conspiracy, uh, I I don't know if our job in this podcast is to debunk some of these conspiracy theories, but there are lots of well-published sources who also accurately predicted this, who were scientists and military leaders who have been calling for this one for quite some time, who Mm -hmm. also got most of the details, right? Because the truth is, the details weren't that hard to figure out if you have some... uh, some sense of of the way human beings work and the way the viruses work. Uh, It's been obvious for a long time we're the apex predator on the planet. We weren't going to get taken down by a new species of tigers that was going to come and hunt us down. uh, The antibiotics are pretty well... Carol Baskin's husband. Yes, yes, well, yes. Maybe, maybe another conspiracy theory. Allegedly. Allegedly. Carol Baskin's husband. So, yeah. So, I mean, it it wasn't going to be a bacteria because we have pretty good antibiotics. So it was going to be a virus. Uh, Respiratory viruses are more obvious because they're easier to spread than than viruses that aren't spread that way. Uh, It was that it was going to cross the species barrier was not a big stretch given the viruses that have done that in the past, that it might come from China or another region in the world where there are a lot of open markets was also not a big stretch. So I think predicting those things doesn't get you some sort of prize of, of crystal ball prize. I think yeah. that that whole set of things was easy enough. I think what's sad is that these predictions have been coming from experts for 10 years, 20 years, and they just, they weren't getting paid enough attention to. It's almost an anti-conspiracy that people who were predicting things that should have been paid attention to were ignored. And it's almost not even about predicting at this point. It's like, it's here and now all these people are trying to, to show that there is an alternate meaning for why this is happening and that this meaning, again, is the latest event that proves their, that proves the narrative about some like big hidden agenda, you know, whether it's the government or, or China or deep state or whatever. And so what I, thought, I, what I think was really interesting was that Corona specifically acted as almost a vector point to 5G conspiracies and also to deep state conspiracies. And it's almost like it is the thing that linked those two together. So if you imagine like a, you know, those like boards where a detective's trying to find like a serial killer. It's like, right. but that's, that's the string because now all of a sudden people are saying, okay, well, the conspiracy is that uh, coronavirus, when you're, you know, that coronavirus is something that is, uh, that responds to a certain electromagnetic signal, which somehow corresponds to 5G, which is a way that the government can use to control you. And then it goes on and on and on. But like, I thought that was such an interesting bridge because it was just another tool. It's right up there with chemtrails. It's right up there with all these other things, right? And so, um, 
what I actually want to talk about instead of just diving into just the conspiracy theories is I want to talk about some of the sources because what I have noticed and one of the things I wanted to bring for your reaction is that we are seeing these conspiracy theories be spread by like celebrities and be spread by lifestyle bloggers and be spread by, you know, people who have enough influence that they're not considered fringe, but are certainly not educated enough to be verified in any way. And I think I, I texted you the the article from like Woody, Har- like Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you, why is Woody Harrelson posting about 5G conspiracies? Like, and don't forget, he's got that little blue check mark next to his name. So that gives him a certain sense of credibility plus celebrity equals misinformation that's being spread everywhere. So like, what is your reaction to that? Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's also an interesting piece that, that text that you sent me that where he had shared a screenshot of the role of 5G in the coronavirus epidemic in Wuhan, China, looks like a well-formatted scholarly article and it has citations in it. And so there's a, a an almost stepping up of the game of creation of fake news where it's gone from a funny meme looking picture that somebody shared, which is easy to write off to a document that actually looks pretty scientific and reasonable. And so to an uneducated person about how scholarly journals work and publications work, if they're not exposed to a lot of that, it looks enough like that, that you look at it and say, yeah, yeah, this seems pretty reasonable. It's written by, according to this one, a professor emeritus of the Washington State University. That seems pretty legitimate. And I think the danger in this, This is true of the sort of fake news cycle at best of times, which is it's so easy to find information online that now looks official, that has a truthiness feeling to it, uh, to go back to, I think that was a Daily Show term. But the danger now is that it gets circulated by people who should know better but don't. And it leads to people doing really bad things. There's a couple in the U.S. who... Uh, who had a fish tank cleaning product, which which I think put one of them in the hospital and killed the other because they had seen it in the news and President Trump was talking about it. And a what looked like a very scholarly article had circulated. What arose my suspicion about that article was it was in a Google Doc. And so people were link, all linking to a shared Google Doc. I had it sent to me by a few different people who said, you should read this article. It seems to be really promising. And it's not that Google Docs in and of themselves are bad. It just seemed like a strange way to circulate what looked like a very official paper. Later, one of the authors listed on the paper came out and said, I was not an author of this. Nobody consulted me. They just added my name to it. I have talked about this topic before, but I didn't co-write this paper. So they took his name off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think there's a desperate need here for good news. There's a desperate need to understand this and put the blame on somebody. There's a desperate need for cures and vaccines. And so people are going to fall for those things because they are desperate. There's also, uh, and I guess in a way there are conspiracy theories, there's also a lot of scams going on where people are taking advantage of that desperate need. And so the, the federal government in Canada actually warned people that there were scams going on where they were sending out text messages saying, uh, we need your banking. This is the CRA, the Canadian Revenue Agency. We need your banking information so that we can send you your coronavirus relief checks. And oh. so people were clicking on the link from a text message 
and saying, oh, great, I need that relief money. And they were going to a website and filling in all their banking information so that they could get their relief check. The Canadian government is never going to text you and ask for your banking information. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it also speaks to um, a feature that can be exploited in social media, at least in was kind of two things. The first is like on Instagram, like where, where I sent you that Woody Harrelson thing, he took a screenshot, right? So there was no link. You couldn't go, like you could go outside and find it, but there was no easy way to click and be like, what is this all about? So that I think so many people are sharing photos of academic papers, photos that could have been tampered with, photos that could have been fraudulently made. Like they, So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I think it also speaks to a need of a hierarchy of information. Like why does Woody Harrelson's Instagram account have the same level of authenticity in terms of verification as like the World Health Organization or as, you know, pr- the prime minister's? Right. Are we saying that in terms of authority, in terms of knowledge, in terms of response, that like Woody Harrelson is equivalent to the World Health Organization? Because according to Instagram, it it kind of is. And then you have celebrities like Evangeline Lilly that talks about how she doesn't believe in social distancing and she's just going to completely continue to live her life normally. And that is something that is a view that is then shared by or seen by like millions of people that follow her online. So it, 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 it astounds me how... It astounds me how this pandemic is, especially from the celebrity perspective, has really showcased how bizarre the celebrity ecosystem is. Now that they're all bored at home and they're not like entertaining us, it's like they have nothing to do other than like their real selves are coming out where it's like, okay, I guess Woody Harrelson is a QAnon like supporter, I guess. But, you know, you wouldn't think about that. I would have never thought about that. And here you're supposed to You know, I guess the, the, the truth behind all of that, which hasn't changed and is not really related to coronavirus, is they're just people too. And they are also stuck in their homes and bored and tired of their loved ones being on top of them and are looking for the same answers that everybody else is looking for. The danger, as you said, is somebody's given them a megaphone. And that megaphone has nothing to do with their ability to parse accurate epidemiological information. It has to do with their ability to, you know, in in his case, to play really compelling characters in a movie. But that doesn't make him an expert on topics other than filmmaking. And, you know, and and the blue check mark and the fact that um, that however many millions of people follow him on Instagram has given him a megaphone that makes it dangerous to share that information. In fact, that 5G conspiracy theory, um, there is actually a, an arson case uh, where people burned down a cell phone tower because of that theory. It's believed to be because of that theory. Yeah. And, uh, and that's dangerous. You know, people are, are, are actually taking action on that. He posted a video saying, here's an, a video of China taking down 5G polls and it was a video, but then very quickly in the comments, again, comments that that themselves don't have a blue check mark, so don't get the prominence. The comments are saying this is not this is a video that happened during the Hong Kong protests when protesters were taking down a surveillance, like surveillance tower. It had nothing to do with 5G, but then these right. things go viral and they get spread, 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 and they go viral, which I, I don't know if we'll ever use that term in the same way. Yeah. I also think it's just fascinating to me the fact that People will just, if it fits in their narrative, it becomes very, everything else just becomes either a lie that they're trying to trick you or it becomes a, a proof, right? An interpretation of proof. And the with QAnon, and like we should do a whole show on QAnon because I think it's amazing. But for those of you that don't know, 
there is a big conspiracy called QAnon, which argues that President Trump is trying to dismantle this deep state power architecture of people, uh, generally a group of elites that are pedophiles that are running all of the world's money, power, infrastructure, and that the only person who can really stop them is President Trump. And the Q part comes from um, the message boards um, on 8chan and 4chan, like one of these message boards where somebody who has Q-level clearance comes onto these message boards and leaves clues, very cryptic clues. And then you have all these people, I think they're called like crumbs, like bread, like crumbs, and all these people are trying to like make sense of it. And so now all of a sudden, it's just like, well, anything that he, that the President Trump says or does that even remotely hints at some of these vaguely worded messages is confirmation. So I guess my question is now, like once you believe something and once you believe that anybody trying to convince you otherwise is deliberately trying to manipulate you or to lie to you, is there a way out here? Like, or there's just no convincing these people anymore. A lot of this comes back to confirmation bias. So when when you believe something, Confirmation bias is a, a, a cognitive psychology concept. It's a bit of a trap that your brain creates for you. It basically says you're going to believe the things that strengthen your belief and you're going to ignore the things that don't strengthen your belief. It's not limited to conspiracy theories. It's actually part of how we make human decisions anyway. So yeah. if you're doing some research to make a decision and you find things that seem to align with what your gut instinct is telling you, you're more likely to believe those things than you are to believe the things that contradict what your gut instinct is telling you. And so confirmation bias is is a very easy trap to fall into. We all do it all the time. What happens here is almost an extreme version of that, where you have a belief which is a bit more extreme, and now you're going to look for everything that aligns to that belief and supports it. And you're going to ignore things that don't, even if those things that don't come from very scientific sources. It's easy to say that you're not going to believe the World Health Organization or the CDC or other experts when they say there is no doubt that this virus came from another species because it's also confirmation bias to say those organizations are controlled by the same puppet masters who are creating everything else. So obviously we can't trust them. And some of these conspiracies are fueled by the fact that a central tenet of them is you can't trust any of the governmental organizations or established places because they're all part of the same conspiracy, which means you have to trust the naysayers who are out at the extreme fringes. They're the only ones brave enough to take on the establishment and brave enough to tell us that this isn't, you know, what we've been told all the time. This comes, some of the, you know, as as you said at the beginning, uh, some of the OG conspiracy theories like the moon landing, the moon landing conspiracy theory, you have to believe, and I think actually, and, and this is sort of, this is kind of my thing about conspiracy theories that I always come back to is for it to be true, you would have to believe that humans were capable of a level of coordination and collaboration that would have solved things like coronavirus much faster if we were actually capable of them. To believe that we didn't land on the moon and it's a big conspiracy that everybody's bought into at the highest levels that they produced this fake footage, that it was aired, that everybody you know bought into that. To believe 9-11 is an inside job, you have to believe a level of coordination and cover-up that 
we're just not capable of as a, I think, unfortunately, in a way, because if we were, we probably would have solved some of the big problems facing the world, global warming and, and some of the others much more easily because we'd have this incredible power of collaboration and coordination. Okay. To challenge that, I agree with you, but to challenge that, but like, do you think that we actually went to the moon. No, I'm kidding. Um, my actual, my actual question. I actually, I think coronavirus came back on moon rocks from the moon. I'm starting a new the- conspiracy theory right here, Rahaf. Gosh, and I bet you when we see it on Woody Harrelson's Instagram later, we can be like, yes, we've arrived. Yes. Um, I guess like part of me just thinks like there have been certain cover-ups. I mean, the, the the only thing that I will say, which makes it so crazy, is I think it's so much easier in a way to cover things up now than before because. You just have to, if you did something crazy, you could just seed like 50 other crazy theories from from resources that look credible. And it's almost like you get to a point, we're getting to a point, a post-truth point where we don't know what to believe anyway. And I was reading a bunch of conspiracies. I was like on Reddit, I was really like deep diving into what people were talking about because I'm just interested in hearing how people are thinking about this. And, you know, things, not that they start making sense the longer you're down there, but you kind of start understanding these like big narratives, right? One of the conspiracy theories I read was that coronavirus was many this is a, a, a conspiracy theory this is not true just want to be extra extra clear on that but that the that the virus was manufactured in china and was released um as a way to demonstrate like to shift the global political goodwill of the world towards china because um the u.s's response has been a bit you know lacking and lagging i'm gonna say but if you look at you know china has despite um all of the hiding the numbers and blah 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 like forget that i think maybe they didn't understand how uh out of control it could get but then you start saying okay like who's working directly with the eu right now who's sending doctors to italy who's like there seems to be this good Right. Will. And somebody was saying, you know, for a dictator country that doesn't really I'm not I'm just going to I'm just repeating what the person said, not my opinion. But for a dictator country that doesn't care if millions of citizens of their own citizens are going to die in pursuit of a long term political strategy plan, this would kind of be perfect because they did nail it down and they did lock it down and they were able to do so. And that was the one that that was the one time that I just looked up and I was like, huh, to think like, are there people capable of actually doing this? And are there people capable of making these decisions? And I, I mean, I just don't, I just don't think so. But honestly, sometimes I just don't even know anymore. Yeah, the, the post-truth point is a really important part of, I think, well, really probably of any large geopolitical story that's going on right now. It's been a hallmark of the Trump presidency, regardless of what whether you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, but his ability to distract from what is the critically important story by lobbing a whole bunch of increasingly ridiculous stories on top of it that get everybody kind of frothing at the mouth and chasing them down and ignoring what's actually going on has been kind of a hallmark of of his presidency. And I think it's turned into a tool that they try to use sometimes to more effect, sometimes to less effect, depends on whether people take the bait of chasing down those other stories. I've actually heard a very similar conspiracy theory where Russia is the protagonist, that Mm -hmm. this was a, a virus created by Russian scientists. It was unleashed in China and the rest of the world. And that what we're going to see, if you believe this theory, is that the Russians are going to be the first to appear with a vaccine. 
The vaccine is going to be manufactured by them only using Russian state technology. So everybody's going to have to invite Russia into their countries to come in and help them out. And that is going to be part of Putin's power play to take over the rest of the world because they're going to become the ones who are able to save everybody else. Which dovetails quite nicely with the conspiracy theories that say this virus was just released on a global scale enough so that when the vaccine comes out, we can start putting, and there's all sorts of theories about what's going to happen in this vaccine, one of them being like nano tracking chips that will then be able to control not only your like, you know, your your circulation, your nervous system, your heart, the, the theory is that they can control your heart, but also your location as part of this like massive surveillance arm. And then sometimes it's just like, do you ever feel like post 2016, we just kind of took like a split? Like the timeline just sort of split. I think of my life now almost as like post to that pre 2016, post 2016, because all of a sudden it just felt like the world just got so much scarier and so unstable and so quickly. And I think these conspiracy theories, I mean, if I was to put on my empathy hat on, and I think to your point about desperation, which I think is a good one, I think despite everything, even the deep state theories, like they need a reason to believe in Trump, especially the people that voted for him, the people that are just like, because a lot of the, the the QAnon people are very, very pro-Trump, right? And I think there's that cognitive dissonance where they need to believe that he's the hero. They need to believe that he's doing things in their best interest behind closed doors, that he's protecting them. Because the reality, which is that he is consistently going to undermine them because he always is going to align with wealth and with, you know, with, with right. protecting his interests, I just don't think they're capable of recognizing that. It comes to a point of denial where I think they would rather believe that that President Trump, that he is the man that has been chosen to take on this, like, the ruling elite. And so, like, I do feel empathy for that, but I think it's also, like, that with the elite, we've kind of grouped elite and expertise together as well, and that's part of the problem. Now, it's not just billionaires and, you know, millionaires and the, you know, ruling class. Now, it's also professors and doctors and experts and they're all people that we shouldn't be trusting because they're a part of the deep state and so right well that, that's the self-reinforcing loop of you can't trust the experts because the experts are where the theory the conspiracy came from in the first place so yeah. we have to trust the people who are outside of it um yeah i i have this uh, i'm a, a huge back to the future fan and so for those of you who remember Back to the Future 2, where there's a, an alternate 1985 that gets created because of the, the um, Sports Almanac book, and Biff becomes the sort of leader of the free world, kind of the you know towering casino and, and all of those things because he's consistently won all this money. And I remember a meme of Trump's face superimposed on Biff. They actually kind of look the same. So this was like this alternate 2016 where, you know, where we kind of forked off in a different direction. And, and it has a, for those who aren't Trump supporters, it has a similar kind of feel to the alternate 1985. I, I do think there's, you know, yeah, it, the world took a turn there. If you're a supporter, it took a turn in one direction. If you're not a supporter, it took a turn in the other direction. I think if you, certainly if you care about the environment, if you, you know, like it took a turn, whether for good or Definitely bad, took it a turn. very divisive. It was a new world, whether it was a better world right. or whatever. And I don't want to get into politics. I, I will just say that like the, the thing, um, even when we're talking about conspiracy theories, I was writing up a piece about Pizzagate 
and about how uh, Pizzagate spread from, you know, how it how this idea that a group of D.C. politicians were running an underground child trafficking ring in a D.C. pizzeria and how that actually started from a forum post on a super French website all the way got picked up by uh, certain blogs, got blogged about, got, uh, you know, like Alex Jones got a hold of it, started posting right. about it. It, it ended up being where a man drove seven hours from North Carolina, went into that pizza pizzeria with a weapon and yeah. wanted to read the children. And as much as you could say, like he, you know, he's this person who's unstable or whatever, a part of me really felt for him because in his mind, he felt like he was doing the right thing. He felt like he was going to go and free these vulnerable people. By the way, uh, Corona theories also with the two ships that are docked in New York and the the, the big yeah, um, the hospital ships, ships yeah, a lot of conspiracies about you know what's happening there and again about you know children either being transported on or transported off. Like, what's fascinating to me is we're starting to almost see. Do you know like the Pixar theory? Did you ever read the, about the Pixar theory? No. There is this amazing person, this amazing guy who put together this thing called the Pixar theory that posits that all of Pixar's movies are actually out of order. But when you look at them in this connected way, tell the story of an entire interconnected universe that like. Right. The, I, I've, I've seen, yeah, some some threads of this, like they're all actually taking place in the same universe. Just yes. you're seeing different bits of it. Right. I think what we're starting to see is we're starting to see the equivalent of the Pixar theory through coronavirus happening because you're starting to see the overarching narrative that is now linking all of these previously separate conspiracy theories together. And so it's like the it's like the Marvel universe of yes. of conspiracy theories, right? It's like this crossover conspiracy theories. So yeah. I, and I wonder Rahaf you may have written a book on this topic, but do you think that we've that by locking everybody up in their homes and lots of people not being fully employed or not employed anymore at all, we've unlocked some massive amount of creativity that wasn't available to us when we were all hustling to do our, our jobs and, and, you know, all of, and look after the kids and spend time with our partners. And all of a sudden we have spare time on our hands. Do you think that that's partly what we're seeing here is just we've unlocked untapped creativity that we couldn't get to before? We have spent so long conditioning people to pursue overwork and to fill every single moment in pursuit of being productive, of, of doing something valuable. I think what we're seeing is like what I'm calling like overwork withdrawal, which is we have no idea how to just sit still and just to create space. And there's a lot of anxiety right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of turbulence. And instead of just sitting and processing those emotions, people are constantly looking for things to do. And going on the internet and reading conspiracy theories or reading articles doesn't feel like uh, like a hobby. It feels like you're doing something productive because you're quote unquote, like educating yourself. And I think that is actually just a coping mechanism because if we really stopped, then we would have to start to take a look at maybe we weren't as essential to our job as we thought. Who are we without our job, et cetera, et cetera. I right. think it would be so much better if we took this time to slow down and to do less and to breathe and to process all of these emotions, not just COVID emotions, like all the emotions that we've had in linking ourselves with with our productivity, then I think we could start to unleash all sorts of creative endeavors. But now I just see a lot of people spinning and they're just filling their time with like endless internet rabbit holes because it feels like it's productive when in reality it is just preventing you from sitting down and feeling 
feeling really complicated, difficult emotions, feeling dread and worry and uncertainty and sadness and guilt and fear, like all of those things, I don't think our work culture ever gives us the time to actually feel. And I think that conspiracy theory is just, again, a coping mechanism where I'm going to tell myself a story so that the world looks less scary and my place in it. Because don't forget, he's fighting for us, you know, like this is all for the people, blah, 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 like that, that I'm going to put myself in a position of safety because in reality, to sit and to look at economic instability, supply chain shortages, food shortages, I mean, we didn't even talk about the locusts that are currently flying over Africa. It's a really scary thing out there. Yes. And maybe the first step should it's be a, it, <clears throat> Yeah. It's a very scary, I, I think it's a very scary world for everybody right now. I, that's actually kind of a universal. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. We are into, I, I can't count the number of times I've heard unprecedented times, even just in regular conversations. I think part of this is, uh, is that the only model that any of us have for what's happening right now are Hollywood disaster pandemic movies where that, you know, that's our framework for what happens during a pandemic, movies like Contagion, and it all goes really badly. So if that's what we're all looking at, and that's kind of what we're modeling in our heads, this gets scarier and scarier. I, I think maybe I'll end on, uh, on the silver linings. There are silver linings out there. If you look for them, you can spend your time online looking up conspiracy theories. You can obsess with the spiral of watching the number of new infections and the death rate, you can get sucked into all of that. It leads to a pretty dark place, but you can also look for the silver linings that are out there. I love John Krasinski's Some Good News Network uh, YouTube show that he's done. Uh, the second episode is now up as well. I think it's uh, a great example. We'll put it in the show notes for anybody who hasn't had a chance to see it. But I think there are there are some great stories out there as well. Um, there was a, a fantastic um, video with a really uplifting message about what this will feel like when we're looking back on it and it's all behind us and we can recognize that everybody self-isolating around the world was actually a really big show of love for each other, that we took this selfless task of locking ourselves up in our homes to protect each other from this virus uh, and that it created a period of creativity and of, uh, of, <laughs> of new babies. I've heard that the babies coming out of the baby boom coming out of this will be known as the children of the corn, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So I, that, that's where I want to end this, that there's a lot of good news out there as well. Go look for that instead of getting sucked into the downward spiral of bad news. Yeah, I think it's a great place to end. Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. And so I, the one thing I will add is that don't underestimate your ability to have an impact on your neighborhood, your neighbors, your friends, your community, your family. You don't need to be out there reinventing ventilators like the people are doing. Like every single person can contribute in their own way. But I would almost ask, what I ask myself daily is how am I giving back to this ecosystem, to this big act of love that we see. And I love that point because I think so many people were taking pictures of empty streets and saying, look how creepy it looks. And then I read a post that said, no, actually, this is a symbol of our solidarity as a species and making sure that our healthcare workers are protected. And so we will link for the Canadian Friends um, I will link to uh, Joanna's fundraiser if you're in Ontario and it's ongoing, wanting to donate to raise money to their sourcing some uh, protective gear also for Ontario hospitals and uh, any other fundraisers. If people want to send us what they're doing, I think we can also link that up. But absolutely. It chaos, there's possibility. So let's just, you know, one day at a time and let's just keep, keep on keeping on, right? 
All right. Good. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Raf. You next week. Always a pleasure bantering with you. Good banter. Good banter. Okay. Bye. So that wraps up episode one of Banterful. This is an experiment that Rahaf and I launched together. We would love to hear from you for topics you'd like to discuss or some links to interesting content or, as Rahaf said, any fundraisers that you'd like us to share. We would be happy to do so. Please keep them coming and we will see you next week.